Welcome to Spiritual Warfare, How the Devil is Collecting Souls. My name is Teresa. And I'm John. I have a special guest with me today. John is a longtime family friend of my parents. I just recently met him. And he's a pretty cool guy, and he's teaching me how to shoot a gun. <laughs> so that's how I came to know John. John is with us today, and he is going to share a story about loss for everyone. So, John, when you are ready, go ahead and tell us what happened. Well, I, I, this is in my mind, and I've been with several people that have, have passed, and several Christian people, and most of them are Christian, and I've, I've witnessed how God brings them home, you know, and it's amazing. I think God gives you grace to live by, and he gives you grace to die by, and I was with my oldest brother, and Bill had been struggling with um, a lung disorder. Uh, It's a former COPD, but Bill had never smoked a cigarette in his life, and he picked this up from from work, and I didn't realize how bad it was until towards the end he wound up in in the hospital and then we you know I used to go up I would take my Sunday school lessons and Bill wasn't coherent I would go up and teach him my Sunday school lessons and whomever was listening in they would get the same lessons so <laughs> so you know it was kind of like a drive-by you know people people got to uh, hear hear the word whether they wanted to hear the word or not so when Bill uh, got really sick they were going to move him to hospice but they had to get his vitals in order to to move him from Cleveland Clinic down to uh, down to Ashland at the hospice house. So they got his they got everything got his vitals up and they're ready to transport him. So they transported him down to to Ashland, and fortunately, it's right pretty much right behind my house. So uh, I went into the room with Bill. And I'm I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden the the power there's a terrible storm, and the power went off. So Bill's on oxygen, so it took a while for it to go back up, and so he's he's sitting there breathing peacefully, you know, all of his family's around him, and I'm I'm talking to him, and I'm one of those crazy guys. I I count respirations, you know, <laughs> just uh, to see where they're at and how many respirations and doing them. Then it's just just a, a background in, you know, being an EMT and stuff like that. Well, it was really funny. Sandy and I were sitting there, and one of my cousins was, was sitting in the room with us. Bill's uh, wife and his two daughters had left, and just as soon as they walked out the door, they went outside that hospice house. I'm sitting there talking to Bill, and I'm counting his breaths, and his breath just left. And he just quit breathing. I said, Bill, I said, you got to breathe. And he just quit breathing. And, I, you know, it's just like a, a transition from here to heaven. Just that instantaneous. Because when, you know, Jesus said to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. So Bill being a Christian man all his life, I have no doubt where he is right now. I mean, he's, he's sitting up with, with Jesus now and doing whatever is required of them up there. But it was just, uh, it was so easy 
I just uh, watch him just take his last breath. And was he awake? No, he wasn't. Awake. He wasn't awake, no. and no. he just stopped. Breathing. He just stopped breathing. Now the people at the hospice house, the nurse, she said, a lot of the times, you know, patients will wait till their loved ones leave the room. They're there with somebody they're comfortable with, and then they just go on to be with the Lord. It, it was sad and exciting at the same time, just to, to know that, to me, that's your, your last thing you're going to do, you know, when you pass from this life. We're not, going to leave, we're not going to get out of this world alive. We're going to die, one way or the other, even if the rapture happens. This body is going to die before it goes, because we can't be any corruption up in heaven, and we're still... We're still a, a, a corrupt people. I mean, we do our best to do what God's called us to do and follow him. There's not a time that Satan doesn't mess with your mind and try to get you to go a different direction. So it's still a battle for us. And then I was with a, a friend from church, and I was up at the hospice house with him. We're sitting up there. We're having a, He's sitting up eating. And we're having a great conversation. I'm reading scripture to him. And uh, so I go home. And the next morning, my pastor calls. He said, John, will you go back to see Brother Mac? He said he took a turn for the worse. I said, well, sure. I said, I'll go back over because I was at home. So I, I went over and I said, I walk in his room and he's, completely comatose he's laying in the bed it was a completely different mac that i left so i'm sitting there reading god's word to him just what you do you know i mean mac was a christian man i'm telling you that man if if we're four foot on the uh, uh, snow on the ground and the church was open him and his wife are going to be there that's just the way they are and if for some reason you didn't make it to church that sunday they'd be at the door the next Sunday, when you walk through the door, we missed you. We missed you last Sunday. <laughs> you know, and that, that's just the kind of Christian people they were, him and his wife. Right. So I'm sitting there with Mac, and all of a sudden, he had this little, Mac always had these little beady eyes, little, not, little small eyes. And all of a sudden, he leaned back, he looks up, and his eyes get huge. And I get up and walk around the other side of the bed. I said, what are you seeing, Brother Mac? And he just looked up, and all of a sudden, he just quit breathing. I mean, it's just that quickly how God transitions us to that other side, to, to his side. I've known people who were on their deathbed, <clears throat> and they saw hooded beings, dark hooded beings at the foot of the bed, and they were screaming and crying out. Mm -hmm. It was their last moments. This person did accept God at the last minute. Mm -hmm. You're around somebody and that is happening, want to talk to them and hopefully get them to accept the Lord so they don't go to hell. But it's amazing what some people see. It is, and I, I've never, I've never experienced that with anybody I've been with. They, they mm -hmm. knew most everybody I've had had a, a smooth transition. Uh, my wife's mother, when she passed, we were up at the hospice with her, one, and you know that day that they put her in, and I there again I'm counting her her respirations as she's she's laying there, and it's really funny. Uh, the nurse come in and she said. Uh, 
when's when's her son coming? Her son Tim. She was waiting on Tim. And I said, Well she he gets off at eleven. He should be here within the next you know, fifteen minutes. So Ethel's sitting there breathing, just breathing and, and all of a sudden Tim comes through the door and he walks in and he says, Mom, I'm here and he's watching like me, watching her respirations and he asked me how long she been breathing like that? And I said, for quite a while. And he walks out in the hallway with the nurse. The minute he walked outside the door, she quit breathing. She quit breathing. She just quit breathing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a struggle for a breath. Mm-hmm. You know, she just quit breathing. And, you know, when you think about somebody, when you lose your breath, you're always struggling for that breath. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't see it in people that know the Lord. You know, there you, some people may oh, struggle. Oh, yes, yes, okay. Like I said, it's like a transition from here to the, the next life. We're going to be alive in heaven. We're not going to be floating around on clouds. Word says that Jesus has, has built a mansion for us. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a mansion. Mm-hmm. And Sandy used to say, you don't, you don't want to live in my mansion, do you? I said, I want to have my own mansion. Why would I want to live in yours? I said, you invite me over for pie every now and then. That is true. We get our own mansions, don't we, John? Yeah. You know, we're not going to have the same life. I mean, we're going to have a better life. Right. You know, it's going to be a life with no no pain, no tears. That's what the word says. It's going to dry all our tears. Mm -hmm. So I won't be sitting here sobbing like I am now. So it's just uh, a, a beautiful thing to think about. And then there's another friend of ours. She was uh, she was dying of cancer, and we took our pastor over to pray for her because she there again she was a Lutheran lady, and you know when and I'm not there's nothing wrong with being Lutheran. Don't get me wrong. I, there's a lot of great Lutheran and a lot of great. There's going to be there's not going to just be one denomination in heaven. As long as we agree, Jesus is the Son of God. You know, and he died for our sins, and he rose again. And he's, we got to we got to believe that we have to have to have that commonality. But anyway, uh, we brought Pastor our Pastor Beatty up to pray with her, and uh, he's he just got right to the point. He said, uh, "Are you ready to meet the Lord?" And she said, "Well, I don't I don't know." He said, "Well, I'm going to lead you through a prayer." He said, "Now, when I read you lead you through this prayer, she he says." I want you to know when you accept Jesus Christ, you're you're sealed. You're 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 a you're a child of God at that point in time. So she he, we talked and we let her he led her through the, the sinner's prayer and she accepted Jesus Christ. And when she uh, on her deathbed, she was she was dying. Her daughter and her family around her, and she says, "Can't you see him?" She said. Well, see who, Mom? said, that man down to the end of the bed, he wanted me to come with him. Aww. And then she died. That is amazing to me. I don't want to see dark-coated men at the bottom of my bed. I want to see the man with the light. And I know I had a friend, and she is in heaven now with God, but she shared something with our Bible study once, which was amazing. She was very close to God as well. Mm -hmm. And when you get into a praise and worship, God just rains the Holy Spirit down upon you. And it's like your whole house, your whole atmosphere changes. 
she said that she was just sitting on her couch, just praising God and praising God. And then all of a sudden, two big white balls just boom down on the couch. And they were raising her hands up. Angels had oh, come wow. down. And I mean, I even get chills even thinking about that right now because she was so much just praising God and praising God. And she said, these angels were just holding up my arms, Teresa. She said, I can't even explain to you the power and what I saw and what I felt. All of that's there for us to experience if mm -hmm. we want to. Mm -hmm. We choose to or not to. Like I said, sometimes... You're hurting so bad you'll be sitting down and you don't even want to talk or say anything. But that's where Satan again has you. Mm -hmm. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you depressed. He wants you to shut your mouth so you don't talk or you don't praise God and lift yourself up out of there. There have been times to where I couldn't do it no matter what. I knew the word. Don't care. I was just so hurt and down. I couldn't think or talk. And that's when I relied on my friends. Mm -hmm. My friends prayed. They pick you up. And that changes things. Well, it's amazing that you know, we need one another. Because when I can't pray for me... I don't want you to pray for me. Exactly. You know, we need to lift one another up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we spend too much time kicking one another down. We need to lift one another up in prayer. When when we're sick, we need, we need to find that person that we think can reach God. And I know your mom and your aunt thought Sandy could, was a miracle worker, you know, because, you know, they, they thought she could touch God. And there's no doubt in my mind that she couldn't. And she did. You know, I mean, we were in her hospital room and she was, we had people come in and was singing praise and worship songs. And Sandy was just in so much pain. But boy, when they started singing praise and worship songs, she sat up in that bed and she was just praising the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And she was just waving her hands to the Lord. Praise and worship makes a difference. Huge difference. And that's the Holy Spirit coming down as well. Mm -hmm. It gives you the strength to lift those arms up when physically almost impossible. But when you're praising God, it's just a whole different game. Well, who did God send first? He sent the praise and worshipers first to get that spirit moving and getting people ready. Yes. And, you know, when Sandy, uh, when I brought Sandy home, she uh, she said, uh, how am I doing? I said, you're not doing well. And she said, then take me home and call in hospice and don't cry. So, John, for anybody who doesn't know, Sandy is his wife. He lost his wife how many years ago? It would be. Uh, two years uh, on the 25th of this month. Okay, so he lost her two years ago. He went through a lot. So even from a Christian's point of view, losing your wife, and I know you have to miss her. You've been with, how long were you married? We've been 28 years. Today. Yeah, 28 years. So yeah. when you're with somebody every single day, and for you people who have lost somebody, John knows what you're going through. He was married for a long time, and that part of him isn't in his home anymore. And I don't even know. I can't imagine walking in the door, and you're used to her. I know you You liked her peach pies. I've seen uh -huh. you talk about her peach pie. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have lost a lot of loved ones, John. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have paid more attention to how she made her pie crust. <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, I do miss those pies. She made Aww. the best pies of anybody I've ever tasted. And so you can't find her recipe anywhere? No, because she was so good, she could feel the crust and know what to was, add. Yeah. Yep. And she would say, Well, this is too rich, or, you know, and uh-huh. I'm like, how in the world did you know that? <laughs> but she was, had made so many pies because we used to feed the. The whole neighborhood at church. Okay. I mean, sometimes we'd have over a hundred people there, and Sandy would make probably ninety percent of the food. Wow. And she would bake probably eight eight pies, and we'd buy other uh, desserts and stuff. These people used to come there; they would go right for those pies. <laughs> right uh, for the good old pies, huh? <laughs> yeah, but you know when I I brought her home, she always only thing she told me to do is make sure she has no pain. So when I called in hospice, hospice was is very good at what they do. You know, they explained to me what to give her and when to give it to her at different times. And so, you know, I that's I I promised her she would not be in any pain. So I was giving her the the morphine or or whatever it was, a drug that, that they gave me. You'd break it up and then you'd inject it into the side of her mouth. Not inject it, it's no needle. It's just, oh, okay. You just push it in with a syringe. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. She wasn't feeling any pain. And, and when she passed, it was just there again. She just quit breathing. Now, I've seen, uh, now my dad accepted the Lord right before he, he passed. But when he passed, it wasn't a smooth transition. Still, he struggled that last breath. I mean, God made us to struggle for our last, you know, to live. He wants, and you know, he made us to live. You know, the word says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So he made us perfect. We're the ones that messed it up. But anyway, you know, with Sandy passing, I know where she's at. And, you know, I think as, as people, we're selfish we want to keep people around no matter what kind of pain they're in or what kind of physical condition they're in. They can't walk. They can't do anything. But we still want do this and do that and do You know, I think there's a time when I, I quit. There's a time when I quit praying for a healing and I started praying for for whatever God's will is. Because it's it's, it's always God's will. No matter what. I mean, I, I hadn't given up, but, you know, I said, God, if it's your will for Sandy to live, we'll get up and walk out of here. I said, but if not, then you take her as peacefully as you can. Take away this pain. So that was my prayer. You know, and I, there again, like I said, I think sometimes we, we try to hang on to that person when they don't want to hang on. Did she share how it felt knowing that she was going to die because of her cancer and how that made her feel? You know, I'll tell you what, she was really pretty strong uh, about it. You know, she never, she never cried, you know, she never, because she knew where she was going, you know, she just knew it was, I mean, I think we all have a fear of death because it's the fear of the unknown. God gives us grace to live by, he gives us grace to die by. And I woke up one night and she was, she, you know, I woke up because I was, I was, I was so tired of, you know, because I was there every night because I was the one that uh, would take her in and get her showered and do all the stuff for her because she didn't want any of the nurses to do it. So I was the guy that did it. 
and I was there, and I was I was so stinking tired, and and I had my head down on the bed, and all of a sudden, you know, I was I'd fallen asleep on this little little cot, and I woke up, and Sandy's in the middle of the bed, she's sitting up, and she's praising the Lord, she's praising the Lord, she praise you Jesus, I love you Jesus, and I just fell back to sleep. The next thing I know, she's at down in the floor, and she can't walk, you know, and she's down in the floor like she's grabbing somebody. I think she was grabbing at his feet, and it was, it was an awesome experience to, to be in that room, because you could just, you could just feel it, you, you could feel the spirit in there, and, and, you know, then I had to call the nurses to come get her, help me get her back in the bed, and shortly thereafter, I mean, probably a few days later is when I took her home, you know, for her to, to die, but that was uh, that was a, a really good experience. I do miss her. I mean, when I walk through the door, I always look for her. You know, I would go to bed, and sometimes I I would go into our bedroom because Sandy was sleeping out on the on the chair at the time, and you know she didn't like being alone. And I, and I hear her about five o'clock in the morning, Johnny. <laughs> Cheyenne's on. <laughs> so I, I go out and turn on the TV and we watch Cheyenne. She always liked Cheyenne. And we watch Cheyenne together. You know, we had, we had a good a good relationship. We had, a, you know, good good times. You know, we did, we did everything pretty much together. You know, I would, we'd go shopping together. She would wash the dishes. I would dry the dishes. She would wash the clothes. I would fold the clothes and put them away. I mean, as a husband and wife, you do... You a tit for tat, you know. You you don't. You if two people work, you can't have one person doing, doing everything. Doing everything. Absolutely. You know, and, and and that's how we did things. But um, yeah, I still miss her. You know, after two years, you know, I still miss her. Uh, today would have been our anniversary. Oh my! Oh, I didn't even know that, John. Well, we had her birthday was September thirteenth. We were married on September twenty second, mm. and then she died on September twenty fifth. So, oh, September's a tough month a for tough you. Month. Yeah. Wow, I wish I would have known that. Um, that's oh, that's okay. That's not a problem. Generally, I I go away for this month. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you there. I got somewhere where I can actually enjoy myself and laugh and, you know, and try to put it behind me. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I definitely want to thank you for sharing your loss or loss with us and what you have observed. And people, if you're not a Christian. It's easy. Easy as ABC. That's true. That is true, isn't it? Admit, believe, and confess. Mm-hmm. Admit that you sin. Believe that Jesus died for those sins. Then confess it to somebody. Tell somebody, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that's all you have to do. Like you said, we are not promised tomorrow. And if you think, oh, it won't happen to me, you have to be prepared. You have to be ready. And I think... That's going to be our next conversation. John and I is going to talk to you about being ready. Tomorrow is not promised. And we appreciate you guys stopping by. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. My name is Teresa. Have a blessed week, everyone.